We welcome back to the show today, Phil Stegall. How are you doing today, Phil? I'm doing very well uh, for a number of reasons. Um, not doing as well for some other reasons. Um, but uh, one one thing is, you know, you just recently had Cowboy Bill Watts and Eric Watts on the on the show again. Um, phenomenal. But to bring me back on as a host after that, it's got to be anticlimactic uh, <laughs> uh, for the fan. That's a tough act to follow, right? So. Um, well, yeah. Well, I, I would say no, actually, Phil. We've had the, we've, you've, you've actually doubled up because the anniversary show is going to be the one in the middle. So you, we've we've had the benefit of hearing your voice two uh, two weeks in a row, which is uh, which is great. Well, there you go. Yeah, and uh, no spoilers on the anniversary show, right? So oh, that's um, that's already out, actually. So yeah, just spo- did it drop? when, when did this it drop? comes out, when this comes out, it'll already be out. So yeah, yeah, we're a week ahead. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm behind a week of my podcasting from my vacation to Mexico. I do want to mention one of your co-hosts and call out one of your, your most frequent co-hosts has uh, really upset me and dropped the ball. This would be Dan. Mm. Um, now, Dan, uh, more than a little bit more than a year ago, uh, he told me he wanted to start watching the Oklahoma Center's football team. Um, he's a big fan of professional football in America, American football, as he is, of course, uh, European football, of course. And, um, so obviously with the connections of Dr. Dusty Williams in the Mid-South and, and, and good old JR and, and so many great wrestlers that were professional football players or players for the Oklahoma Sooners, uh, Dan messed me one night and said he wanted to start watching Oklahoma Center football. Well, they had just come off two losses, which is very unusual. I said, man, this is a bad time to start watching. It looks really bad this year. <laughs> Let me tell you, he started watching, and week after week after week, the Sooners started winning. They did not lose. Uh, they finished that year uh, with no more losses. We come into the next year. They continued their winning ways another at least uh, nine in a row. Uh, Stephen, they had the longest active winning streak in college football. Wow. Well, so we're calling him a good luck charm. Well, then, uh, this past Saturday, I guess he had something going on. Did uh, maybe his wife have a baby, perhaps? I think he, yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know what? So he um, he didn't watch. Oh no, yeah. he didn't watch, and the Sooners lost, and and uh, so that was they ended the nation's longest winning streak and their first loss of the year. And it's obviously it's squarely on Dan's shoulders. Uh, he needs to get his priorities straight. And um, <laughs> you know you can have a baby anytime, but there's only so many weeks of the football season. So well, not only that, it was in it was though actually, uh, Phil, I should say that. Um, the baby was born on a weekend when Fulham weren't playing. So there's, there's occasional weekends where if England are playing, the top two divisions in the uh, in our, our football pyramid don't play because all the players are away on international duty. So actually the timing from that perspective was good, but not from a Sooners perspective, unfortunately. So yeah, right. I, uh, I'm seeing him some, uh, we're all a bit out of time actually, because this is, this is, this is going to be out in December. Oh no, 30th of November this show, this, this one we're doing it is, is out, but I'm actually seeing him tomorrow, which is the, uh, what is it tomorrow? God, I can't even, 20, 20 no i'm not sitting from sunday i should say actually phil as well i'm struggling a bit today because i've got a, i may have mentioned on the show that i've got a very, relatively big birthday coming up it's obviously 21 um and i was out with a few friends for drinks last night uh, and we haven't really been out okay. much since uh since the right. pandemic um sure. and i'm feeling i got out of bed about 10 minutes before um before we started so yeah i'm uh, i'm not doing i need i'm gonna need you to um to to guide me through this one today i think phil so <laughs> 
Right. So well, I've been I've been on a vacation all week long. Like I said, I was just in the Colorado Rockies uh, in the cabin. I did watch the episode, review it. You know, I remember some of it from uh, 40 years ago. I did did review it quickly. Got a few notes. Uh, it might be a, a brief brief episode today. Yeah, I think I think it might I think it might be, especially because we've had some technical difficulties with the with the video on this one as well. So let's 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 get into it. So we've got Jim Ross and Joel Watts at the desk. Ross runs down the card. Jake the Snake Roberts, Dick Slater would both be there, but he's not sure if Dark Journey will be with him. Al Perez, Doctor Death, and the Bruise Brothers will also be on the show. Ross then gives us an update on the fines that Rick Flair and Dick Slater received for their participation in the attack on Butch Reed. And Joel gives us an update on Ted DiBiase via telephone again. Um, and now we've got Ted on the phone like last week, and Ted said that the latest prognosis is a little more heartwarming than the last. The injury he received is mending well, and the prognosis isn't quite as severe, and they are hopeful that he will recover and will wrestle again. Though he's not out of the woods, and it's not an absolute, uh, but it's not all over. And Ted said his thoughts have turned to two people, Rick Flair for trying to help end his career, and Dick Murdoch, a man who he had known his whole life. He said he didn't realise that Murdoch would be so jealous to try and end his career. And if he comes back from this, Dick needs to keep watching over his shoulder. I thought the presentation of this with DiBiase on the phone, his softly spoken tone was perfect. And what do you think of this uh, opening promo, I suppose this was really, with Ted DiBiase on the phone? Boy, what a uh, a good face phone call. Um, mm. he, the psychology here, um, you know, Bill Watts talked about the psychology of the, of the sport which he was a master of. And some wrestlers have it and some don't. Uh, some, you know, when wrestlers would be interviewed about their injuries, you know, there's never any doubt they were coming back. I'm going to come back and I'm going to get you in, you know. Um, he made this sound so realistic. You know, he said the prognosis is good. We're healing. We're getting better. But at one point he said, if I get over this. Yes. He said, if I get over this, then I'll, you know. So I just thought it was really good psychology the way he he put it on the phone. He he wasn't uh, you know over the top with the aggression to you know threaten everybody and I'll be right back and I'm gonna I'm gonna get my revenge. But he said you know if I get over that, I just thought it was really good psychology he had on the phone call. Yeah, I thought I thought this this was really excellent from Ted DiBiase. Um, first up, we've got a star-studded match with Jake Roberts versus the recently debuted Rob Rick Steiner. So that's Rick Steiner uh, in the future, uh, fairly soon after this. Uh, and I suspect Rick Steiner may have discovered the Titan. Titan, crikey, I am struggling. <laughs> I can barely <laughs> even read. I suspect that Rick Steiner may have discovered the Titan Sports protein shakes by this stage because he looked it looks like huge, yes. <laughs> didn't he? He was absolutely jacked to the gills. Um, the crowd went to Roberts here and lots of Jake, Jake chants. Um, though this was a bit of an odd one. I, I, I kind of wondered whether um, Steiner was sort of put out there to, you know, to, to kind of do a longer match on TV and, and learn a bit. And there were a lot, lot of headlocks in this from Jake. Um, and the match actually went six minutes and 46 seconds, which is long for obviously this television show, uh, with Jake winning via the DDT. And there's also a really, really great high knee from Roberts off the middle rope during this match as well. So uh, what yes. did you think of this quite long match between Roberts and Rick Steiner? It was interesting that they, they gave him so much time. Normally that first mm. match, when it looked like it to be a squash match. So I did make note of that, how long that match was. Uh, and maybe you're maybe you're on to something there. Maybe they're giving him some some more ring time, more experience. Rather, he's just not going to come out and get beat in sixty seconds every week. They're, yeah. They've got plans for him. They've got plans for him. Yeah, that uh, knee lift off the off the middle rope. That was that was a phenomenal move. And there are parts of it where 
it didn't look as polished. Uh, a couple of uh, a missed moves, but that just adds, you know, credibility to the sport. Not everything comes off perfect, you know. Yes. Sometimes you because but uh, he did get in quite a bit of offense on Jake, which was really good. So he got in a bunch of offense. Um, it's a good match, and of course, uh, Jake is just so good at this time in his life. It's, uh, I did um, tell you about one tell you about a time where I met uh, Rick Steiner here in person and had a conversation with him. Um, it's about this time, maybe a little, little bit. Uh, I'm trying to remember when it was, but we had a house show. That it, now I've already at this point in time I've already graduated high school, and um, I'm still going to you know the big uh, productions at like what we call the the Mary Convention Center back then, and you know maybe go to Tulsa, but you know I'd go to the large matches, uh, but they were this time touring you know some of the house shows house shows they go to fundraisers and schools and things they came to my old high school they mm. were at my old high school and uh which i didn't live too far away from there i'd already moved to oklahoma city but in yukon oklahoma it's probably just maybe a few months after this time if i if i remember correctly but they set up and i was in the crowd there and it was a fundraiser i don't remember what it was for and and um of course, showing up my whole hometown, see people that I know. And I saw uh, a couple of folks that helped put it together that were working for the school. And, and of course, you'd asked me a couple of years ago, did we get much, you know, heat ourselves for being wrestling fans, you know? Because, yes, yeah. uh, and I remember, uh, remember one, one of the older guys. Now I'm just, I'm in my, I'm, you know, I'm 19 or 20 years old here. And somebody's about 23 or 24 that I knew back from school days. He said, you didn't pay to get into this mess, did you? You know, <laughs> so it's a fundraiser, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here supporting the cause. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but they set up and the ring was not in, as I recall, it wasn't in the center of the basketball court. It was down to, to one end. And I think uh, uh, they did that for a number of reasons, but there's entries, you know, on each side of the, of the wall for the basketball court. But I think they packed the people all together where they let them spread out that forced them all, you know, put the crowd together and that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. So first sitting, if I'm sitting and saying the far right end of the basketball court, the ring is, is kind of in front of me, the matches are going on. And then far to the left, all the way down to the other end of the court, I see um, um, Rick Steiner here um, kind of knelt down on one knee and intently watching the matches. Oh, interesting. Uh, and he, he's all, all alone by himself nobody's over there but he wasn't in the dressing room and so i just walked over and had a conversation with him mm. uh you know it was it, i can't remember what we talked about i do remember we talked about him his uh college career a little bit because um, that that's a very popular sport in oklahoma uh, college wrestling is yes extremely yeah. popular so we knew of him we'd seen him wrestle he'd been into oklahoma city before at some of the matches where we'd go watch steve williams wrestle um uh, so, uh, but it was, uh, just remember he was very nice, very pleasant, but it seemed like if I recall, he was fixed me part of a run in as I think what happened ah, right after okay. while he was outside. Yeah. So, but I met, met this man in person back then before they were, uh, the Steiner brothers. Yes. You know? Yeah. Uh, he was, he was still known as Rick Steiner then. Yeah. He, um, it's an interesting one with him, isn't it? Cause he, the, Rick was, um, I mean, they were both really, really good, weren't they? But I, I, I guess Rick was probably the one that, 
you know, a lot sure. of the plaudits went to to, um, to Scott, didn't they? But I thought Rick was always really, really solid as well. Um, he got, a, I can't remember what, what the what the money was, but I always remember he he's one of the ones that got an incredible contract in the in the kind of last few years of WCW. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. Can you remember what the figures were? I might actually look that up. But it's like one of oh, those, yeah. it's one of those like head turning um, numbers. Just think like, because obviously he was he was. Um, you know, towards the back end of his career by that point. Uh, sure. I wonder what he got here. But I, I can it. recall while you're looking that up. Oh, uh, 1.6 million. Wow. See, yeah. that's back then. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. What year was that? Uh, I'm not sure, actually. Uh, it's, it's just got it's got 10 shocking WCW contracts that led to the company's downfall. So, um, sure. yeah, unbelievable, really. Because I guess this was all. I, here we go. Rick Steiner. Um, he. Oh no! Okay, so he he sorry he made one point six million over the final five years, but his big year was two thousand when he was on six hundred and twenty thousand, which is obviously still a huge amount of money. But I guess I guess maybe sure. the contract was one point six million for all those for those for, for that right. five years. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's how they would have done it. In good, good work if you can get it is what we absolutely saying. yes yeah i time. do remember the very first couple of times i was watching uh, wrestling on television when somebody referred to him as rick steiner and i thought that they're pronouncing his name wrong <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. it's rick steiner <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's how far back i go i can remember when they were the uh, the rick steiner brothers it yeah. feels odd saying rick steiner fast like that actually so i'm probably the opposite way because i'm used to being a being a gap every time i say it, it right. sounds a little bit odd um, second after the break, uh, Ross threw to a statement that Eddie Gilbert had made before the show, uh, and we're back on this kind of portrait nonsense that I've not been a massive fan of. Um, he screamed, no. "Hello, wrestling fans!" and he said it was a great day for him and all the ladies watching. It was the time they had all been waiting for. And Gilbert said that Watts had said he only had two weeks now to give the portrait away, and he reconfirmed that the portrait would be given away the following week. But it, that it had been a, it had been very hard for him to choose from the over one hundred thousand letters he'd received um he said he had to hire three or four secretaries to help him but then they tried to write into the competition so he had to fire them that was quite a good line um so he's going to leave it in the hands of mid-south so he doesn't have to break any young ladies hearts um and joel said he's sure it's going to be difficult to go through so many letters but the chips will fall where they end up falling um i didn't this is probably one of the better ones of a, of a not great overall kind of angle for a few weeks here what do you make of uh, eddie gilbert here I can remember at the time, not uh, of course we didn't call it an angle, you know, we didn't know what it, was, but we did like this this part of the show. I, yeah. I just, you know, we didn't like it. You know, he's doing his job. He's getting the heat, right? We didn't like him, and now, oh boy, he's really egotistical now with this. And, and I remember how this this angle ends, and and we won't spoil that. But I'm so glad you did ask Bill Watts on your podcast the other day. Was this trying to build a mailing list? What yes. Was person, you know, and. Uh, He's very upfront. You know, we weren't that advanced yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do believe what it would do in all these contests is is if you wrote in, you were invested and had a reason to tune in next week. You know, without to see doubt, name yeah. might be drunk. You know, yeah. you're absolutely invested in in the show. Also, um, as I mentioned before, when we're trying to figure out why they would would do this if it wasn't for mailing list, because I was I was never on a mailing list, and there, I would have been. I'm sure I wrote in yeah. at some time, right? Um, but um, television ratings were so important back then, and they could probably show that we can get inundated with cards and letters from fans. Yes. You know, yeah. people are absolutely watching. 
Right. Which is, which is a, a, a good sign of your engagement, isn't it? In terms of, look, we've Absolutely. got these numbers and look, yeah. we've got all these letters and everything. So it's, yeah, I do wonder if they if they could have, um, the bit that I really am interested in, and Bill sort of talks about this in the, on the podcast, and, I, and I, I, I've probably spent too much time thinking about this. It's just a bit sad, really. But I do wonder about if the UWF, or sorry, Mid-South and then the UWF had been on TBS on a Sunday, Every week, they just and TBS just decided to have two wrestling companies on there. Could it have mm-hmm. su- could it have survived? And could it have made a profit? Because the thing is, actually, post I do I did have the figures for this. And I can't remember the years, but I asked Dave Meltzer this question actually, funnily enough, on Twitter years ago. Um, how many how many years have have there been where two national promotions in the states have both made profits? Oh, okay. So, and I think it wow. was good question. Yeah, I think it was eighty. I may be one, one year wrong here, but I think it was 85 and 86. So WWF obviously is one, and Crockett was the other one that made uh, sure. profit stations. I think it was 85 and 86. It might have been 84 and 85, but probably 85 and 86. And then there was a year in the 90s, I think 98, they both made a profit, uh, because in 97, the WWF didn't, I don't think. Maybe it was 97, 98 as well, perhaps. I think maybe the WWF did make a profit in. Because I know the WWF changed when they took their in-your-house pay-per-views to three hours and bumped the price up. That changed their business around, I think. So maybe WWF did make money. But again, for, let's say four years. And then last year, AEW and WWF, WWE made profits. So it's only five years in history. So you think, is there... That's amazing. Is there that big of a market or not? But then could you run... It's, it's a different animal, isn't it? Because, again, obviously Crockett's creative went down with Dusty and then obviously they, they were bought out by Turner. So if right. Bill Watts had kept the creative good, had the show on TBS, been able to run outside of your home markets where, you know, obviously affected by the oil, you know, oil situation, could it could right. it have made it work? Could, 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 could actually, it, it ended up being, it wasn't Crockett that was, you know, it wasn't Crockett or WCW. It was actually the UWF that was the one that, you know, stayed. I, I do really want, I mean, obviously we'll never, we'll never know, but that's the thing I do wonder about as to whether that, you know, that promotion could have survived if it kept, if it stayed on TV. Right. Well, if anybody had the, the ability to do it, it would have been Bill Watson, his creative genius. Yeah. And his also just picking of the bookers, you know, knowing which booker to pick and, and when to switch them. You know, he mentioned that he got about, about a year of good creativity out of a booker before it started coming still. And I think we saw that. Now we go back and we watch these episodes. I think we can kind of see where, you know, Dundee's run was coming to an end. We had a few episodes that were kind of lagging there. Yeah. Yeah. And then, it, yeah. And it you sticks know. later at this point, isn't it? I believe. Um, so, but, but, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people again, and I, I used to do this too back after Black Sunday. And then in the 90s, we all tried to blame Vince McMahon for destroying territory wrestling. Um, and really, I think what was what what the major cause was is is cable television, yeah, and television in general. You know, in the in the sixties, in the fifties, in the sixties, in the seventies, um, so many wrestling promotions were making money, yeah. But they could they could move talent from town to town. They could put on the same show from town to town, and you didn't know what was going on, yeah. And, you know. Um, and we've had that discussion, obviously, in the past. Don't beat that dead horse. But when when cable television came on and you started seeing the big picture, I think it it it, it you know it, it was part of that was part of the pulling back of the curtain, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, for part of it. But also there was you you couldn't you had to um, well, you couldn't repeat the same stuff over and over from territory right. to territory for one thing. So 
but yeah, so I think to, if, to your question, um, had they been on on Sundays, uh, maybe two promotions making money, that would have been the two that could have. Yeah, I think you know. so. It's interesting with TV now because we're in, we're in a space now, and again, we're we're recording this probably what ten days before it comes out, but um, there's so much product now. I mean, obviously, obviously everything airs live in the middle of the night here, so you know, ratings for wrestling here is not you know not quite the same as in America, but in in the states, you've got three hours of Raw every every single Monday. You've got two hours of NXT on a Tuesday. You've got two right. hours of Dynamite right. on, a, on a Wednesday. I think TNA or Impact as it is now is on a Thursday. And then Friday night, you've got two hours of SmackDown. Then you've got an hour of Dynamite. Right. I, I don't watch it. always on. Yeah. It, it's, it's always on. And I think, when's it going to go pop? Like I, I, I heard something about NXT. Um, NXT on Tuesday nights is the oldest skewing of any of the, um, any of the, mm. any of the, any of the shows that I've mentioned. Um, they did, a really tiny uh, rating in the in the key demo, which I think is eighteen to forty nine, like t- like a tiny, tiny, tiny number, um, which is the kind of key advertisers demo. And you think, when is this all going to go pop? Because I think um, I don't know about you. I'm sure your your television system is is pretty similar to me. The only thing that I ever really watch live live is sports. Everything else I watch recorded or later, yeah, etc. Yeah, I, so it, yeah. So what? So there's no there's no value in that advertising. And the other thing that I've started doing now, um, which I, which I guess people, I mean, I, I don't mind saying it. I'm I'm when you're listening to this, I'm a, I'll, yeah, I'll be a forty year old man. Um, but the thing is, I it, kids don't watch television. Like I've started watching quite a lot of. I know we both right. play golf. Right. I've watched. I've started watching quite a lot of golf vlogs on YouTube. So you get like a uh, like a professional golfer goes and plays. Like Ryder Cup course and films all these shots and talks yes. about it. It's almost uh-huh. like, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm getting really Rick into those, Shields and so yeah, absolutely. Rick Shields, yeah, Rick Shields, and they go to a yeah. junkyard and they pick up like six clubs for like ten pounds something and go and take them out. It's, it's great, right. yeah. And if I've got yeah. half an hour spare at home now, I probably won't. And I know there's not you know football, cricket, or some sport that I want to watch on. I probably watch YouTube. And but then I'm but I'm not and I'm not paying anything for that. But I'm paying hundred pounds a month for my my satellite television subscription. Oh, I know. It's all going to go bang at some point, isn't it? Because people, people, I know that cutting the cord is a big thing in the states. How how much longer can um, USA Network and Fox pay WWE hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars for for one point five million people watching Raw and two million people right. watching SmackDown? It wouldn't be surprising if in a few years most of the things we watch they'll move the, from television to a streaming service. Yeah, yep. you can watch on demand. I. Most almost all my television the past at least two years now has been recorded. I yep. fast forward the commercials. I watch far more YouTube than television, and even um, I've gotten to the point on uh, for my Sunday American football game or games. I'll even record that. Really and I'll, interesting. If, if I'll get, I'll get a hold of my son or my friends and my wife say. I'm not. I'm not live. No, my my son. No, every every time a football game comes on, my son who lives across town. Are you live? Yeah, yeah. I know what he means. I don't want to spoil it for you. We're not going to talk. But are you live? I'll say, no. I'm recording, or we'll be. You know, but I can fast forward through every commercial break yeah. and halftime, and 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 cut a, a four hour football game down to you know two hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is very valuable now. Yes. You know. Uh, when I've got grandkids coming over on the weekend or something, uh, not watching live television, just not. Yeah, it's it's um, and I, I, the other thing is what I mean, I, and obviously American football is a much longer 
game, isn't it? In terms of the actual hours spending time, but a, you know, a football match, yeah. you might be might be watching television for an hour and fifty minutes, say maybe two hours. But I understand now that kids apparently don't have the attention. No, yeah, I, I can say right. this now, forty. They haven't got the attention right. span to sit through it. So that so actually, right. what they want is little clips of goals, and they're looking at social media and stuff. And you just think, yeah, I mean, I think that when you know, and I give it another, maybe even five years, you think how much the, how much the, the the media landscape's changed over the last five years. When where's it going to be in ten years' time? And and I think that going, taking it back to wrestling, I like I largely enjoy what AEW does, but they do they 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 already are suffering from having gone from a one two hour show a week to a two hour and a one hour because. It's right. diluted because you haven't got everything on the two hours. You've now got it over two. So I'm all, I'm already facing quite a lot. I've, I already feel burnt out on that promotion. I feel like I need a bit of a break. Um, and I think with WWE, like that, you, you talked about sort of the creative stuff and could, could companies survive? At some point, they're, they're years and years and years and years of bad creative and years and years and years of not wanting to be professional wrestling. And they now produce this kind of hybrid thing that it is it is people wrestling they won't call it wrestling they don't call a belt a belt and it's it's like this thing in the middle that people have watched forever so some people still stick with it at some point it's gonna it's gonna catch up with them because you can't bad creative is bad creative and bad creative will get everyone in the end really um no matter right. how much money you're making today that won't be there it might they might get it for the next television deal but i tell you what the one after that is going to be difficult quite that's quite a tangent but i enjoy we had golf vlogs we had wwe and they had all sorts of stuff in there didn't we so right well and just one more thought on that you, you're talking about how much wrestling is on television yes right now and i think in years gone by i talked to you about i i remember very well you know there's only wrestling on the weekends i'd get up you know saturday morning around noonish uh you know and so on the weekend i would see you know mid-south wrestling the uh, WCCW, and then Georgia Championship was both on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, but when I got the Sunday evening at five o'clock, and and Georgia Championship show was over, it was almost discouraging. I got to wait till Saturday to see wrestling again. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, it was like a yeah. long week, right? Yes, so you were yeah. starved for wrestling. You were yeah. gonna tune in because you go, well, you're gonna watch it because it it was a a rare product. Yeah, you know, yeah. compared to now. We got so what when I was a kid we had the, the WWF shows basically from what I started watching nineteen ninety you had WWF superstars it's probably forty minutes of content WWF wrestling challenge which is probably another forty minutes I guess we got prime time as well I don't really remember that back then but yeah you couldn't wait until and also on those shows about a quarter of what was on wrestling challenge was recapping what you'd already seen on superstar so you wouldn't have that much new content yeah. so you're just like I can't I cannot I cannot cannot wait. Dynamite, I usually watch on a Thursday. I do, I do watch AEW, and Dynamite, I usually watch on a Thursday. And I always, and Dan, what Dan and I've got a little WhatsApp group about, um, and Mark as well, I've got a little WhatsApp group about AEW. Um, we tend, to, I, I tend to enjoy the first hour, but then about halfway through the second hour, I'm like, I just want this to be over now. And you shouldn't, and by the end of it, you're like, ugh. Right. And then you think, how, right. how am I going to squeeze another hour of this? Because obviously. Uh, rampage is friday so that takes you into your saturday for us watching it in the morning so yeah it's um too much too much product i, I think that the, the optimum probably for wrestling companies 90 minutes but i do understand why they go for two hours with the extra ad revenue etc but i think the 90 minutes sure. is probably about, yeah. probably about right i think um right moving back on to uh this show uh so the second match of the of the i'll say evening i suppose it was 
guess it was filmed in the evening, so I'll say that. We've got Eddie Gilbert and the Nightmare, the new tag team champions versus Steve Doll and Brad Ringo. A, a great name, Brad Ringo. Ross said it was clear the ladies in the audience were supporting Doll and Ringo, who were two fine-looking athletes. And Joel said that the Nightmare, since he removed his mask, has better vision and his breathing isn't so impacted, which I thought was brilliant yeah. from Joel. Uh, he yeah, also did absolutely. A, he was Joel was on fire in this match. He did a great bit of analysis on the hotshot move and how, how it was close to kind of being a legal maneuver as well. Um, Ross described the nightmare as the beast from the Beauty and the Beast combo of uh, Gilbert, which was a little bit unkind. Um, hot stuff nearly killed Ringo with his um with his hot stuff attempt, which was too far from the ropes. And then Ringo's head just basically completely missed the ropes and he came down straight into the mat. And then after that, yeah. it was a really awkward cradle. Um, I thought Ringo, I don't know if he, whether it possibly was concussed or something here, but he appeared to try and kick out of this. Uh, and that was it in 3.55. So, yeah, not a great ending. What, what did you make of this? Not a great ending, but um, um, of course, you uh, just had a, a good promo section we just came out of. Um, my couple of notes on this match were, I think the Nightmare was a more opposing figure with the mask on. And of course, I guess anybody really would be, you know, a little bit of mystery there. And I can understand at times you'll want to have someone get their mask off. But I, you know, if I was a burker, which I never was and probably would have ruined it all, but I wouldn't have had somebody get their mask off because they're ready to leave the territory Not rather yet, than yeah. get the mask off and, and continue to, to wrestle. <clears throat> it seems to have uh, taken away uh, from the lure. Um, did you notice when the match first started, Humperdinck just stepped out of the ring? turns around back towards the ring. He's got one foot on the rope. Both arms are hanging. He's leaning on the ropes. And the match is going on. And Jim Ross says something about Sir Oliver Humperdinck belongs on the floor. Mm. And, he, and he looks up and gets down off the mat. Ross was telling him to get out of the way. <laughs> Ross was he, was, he was leaning more into the ring than the nightmare was. And he was yeah. going to get in the way. I, so, uh, Without saying, "Hey, idiot, get off the ropes," he told her Oliver Humperdinck to get off the get off the ropes and get on the floor uh, while the match was going on. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um. um so, but uh, yeah, it was a, a decent match. It accomplished what they needed to accomplish. You know, keep these guys over. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, third match, Mr. Unpredictable Dick Slades versus Perry Jackson. No sign of Dark Journey at ringside here. Uh, and Perry had trained with Butch Reed, according to Ross. Uh, there was a We Want Reed chant in the background, uh, but it never really got completely going. Um, Perry got a brief rally of offense before Slade to turn the tables and finish the match off with a pile driver in 338. Um, what do you think of this match? And also, what are your memories of Slater overall? Because uh, I know this is going to be probably a controversial opinion. But I'm struggling to get it with him from what I've seen so far with Dick Slater. Okay. And, of course, uh, uh, you know, Bill Watts made a great comment on the previous podcast that you had with him about Slater changing over the years and, and becoming more like a Terry Funk type character. And Bill Watts said, told him, told it till Dick Slater, if I wanted Terry Funk, I'd go get Terry Funk. Yeah. You know, which I probably could have done. Now, in this match, Jackson got in a lot of offense. Um Slater, uh, you know, had a lot of success in several different territories, but he's got a, do you, do you, are you aware of the episode coming up yet? Maybe not with what he does with the uh, television title, the metal. No, no. Okay. No, no. spoilers in. No spoilers. <laughs> um, so there he, he, he does, he does a, a, a 
uh, out of studio uh, a video that was ingrained in our memories as Mid-South fans. But, um, you know, he was a, a decent heel, an unbelievable heel. Um, yeah, I just kind of kind of feel like, I don't know, his, his, his wrestling is, is yeah, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't want to be too... Uh, to, well, he was um, never a he was never a crowd favorite either as a heel no, or a face. I mean, he no. was he was. Uh, I mean, he they're giving him better than mid card status and push, but you know he's a mid carder. Yeah, me. yeah, absolutely. Uh, match four: Sean O'Reilly, uh, who had a lovely white vest with a clover on it, versus Lord Humongous, who's out to his great War Machine theme. Uh, Oliver Humperdinck called him the Creature of the Year, and I'm not sure who he was up against in that competition. And um, poor <laughs> right. O'Reilly, yeah, Creature of the Year. And um, poor O'Reilly got a massive headbutt to the gut early on before being finished off the Shinomaki in 54 seconds. And then post match, um, Humongous held on until Humperdinck removed him. Uh, what did you think about this? This short. Um, you know, brutal squash here. Well, it, you know, accomplish what they need to accomplish. They're going to keep having him just crush people like that as, to be the, the monster of the, of the territory. And as I mentioned in a, in a previous episode I did with you, if anything we learned from professional wrestling is if you got a monster that needs to be crawl, controlled, just cover their eyes. Yeah, absolutely. Have, right. Uh, so match Five, Al Perez, who no no longer got Wendell Cooley in the promotion, unfortunately. He's off. He's gone back to Memphis. Uh, so poor old Al was by himself here. And Mike Scott looked like an absolute beast. Um, Al had on the long tights and kind of trainers, sort of boot trainers from the early stipulation match. Um the earlier stipulation match with DiBiossi and Williams. Uh, and I thought Joel was particularly good here. Again, talking about weight differentials, how Al was so trained uh, that he could use Scott's weight advantage against him. Uh, and then unfortunately, as we talked about off air, the screen went blue and we didn't see the conclusion of this. So I've got anything more to say. Anything, have you got anything more on this one, Phil? Right. No, uh, mine went blue as well. And it carried over into uh, the next match uh, at all kinds of issues with the with the next match so i will mention this on any of these matches that on this episode the variety of the ages of the people in the crowd yes you'll look in the front row what what we describe as here's little white-haired old ladies there's three of them lined up on the front row you know these they look like they're 80 years old, right? And there's three of them lined up there. And then right behind him, you got the teenager. So it's always interesting to go back and rewatch and watch the crowd reactions we talked about. But unfortunately, we didn't get to the end of this match to see how they reacted. But uh, I'm sure we know who won. Yeah, absolutely. And then by the time things settled down, and we just about caught the, the end of a Dr. Death um, match, beating someone with the, with the Stampede Slam. But then the next kind of watchable match was the Bruise Brothers versus Broadway Joe Malcolm and Ricky Starr. Um, Mad Dog said at the start they had some posters to give away if people sent in a request to the same address as the Eddie Gilbert contest. And they had posters of them all over Chicago, and they were very excited about these posters. Porkchop compl- complained about Gilbert and said that if the ladies wanted a poster, they could go back to Chicago and take one off the wall. And um, I think he was alluding to the posters being wanted posters with them on it. Is, yes, is that I was right? going to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was in my notes here. Does that po- that the post office poster reference does that translate? Yeah, there? Um, no, that's, I knew exactly what he meant. Yeah, that's so, more from. Uh, um, I I think that's more. F- I, I'm sure there probably was wanted posters in like Victorian. England in London, now, but here um, they were our, our we'd have we'd walk in. I remember as a small child walking in the post office with the parents and be mesmerized 
by the posters on the wall that have the FBI top 10 most wanted. Ah, uh, yes. They, yeah, would, yeah. they would either have a picture if it's available or their artist rendering, a lot of artist yeah. renderings and a description of the person. They might have the top 10 most wanted and they might have a few others that, that, that might have been local. But in your post office, you'd walk in and have all kinds of criminals pictures on the mm. wall. And that's exactly what they were leading yeah. to. Yeah. Um, did you like their did you like their monogram briefcase the uh they went all out on it looked like a bit of a it was like money in the bank about 20 20 years before that was a thing wasn't it uh maybe a bit uh yeah it was about 20 years actually yeah um yeah i i I, these guys are popular do you remember remember, remember many memories of these uh guys from back back in this time because they seemed to get a good reaction from the crowd didn't they yeah they did uh and and at that time, they're playing off a very popular movie, obviously. But yeah, I didn't. I don't remember as much about Mad Dog Boyd as I do Pork Chops Cash because he mm. had a good, good singles career and he was uh, very gregarious and outgoing. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought that monograph briefcase was probably made by whoever is also doing the uh, the tournament charts. You know, oh, yeah. the post, <laughs> right? But uh, no, uh, yeah, they're very, very popular uh, at the time. And they won uh, again, uh, as as you'd expect, um, with Porkchop Cash's headbutt and then Mad Dog Splash. Uh, anything to add on the match here? Yeah, a um, couple of things, just real quick. Um, I'd asked you previously in a message. Uh, now, the, the the Blues Brothers, not the Bruce Brothers, but the Blues Brothers television show, or not television show, but the movies back yes. in the day were Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi, and they would wear uh, black suits black hats white shirts and, and and skinny white ties and and so they had uh, some movies um i'm gonna make a reference to what they're doing here damn just before i do that this was the blues brothers are so popular at the time um uh, the tell the the movies that just in about 1982 which would have been three years before this me and one of my best friends and of course i went to a high school where everybody wore jeans a lot of western shirts a lot of cowboy hats or just t-shirts, you know, nobody dressed nice, nobody dressed up, right? We would um, put on black suits, white shirts, skinny white tie, and we get on motorcycles, we cruise all over town. Okay, and, yeah. You know, trying to imitate, we were just imitating the Blues Brothers, oh, right? that's great, so, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> is Dan uh, one of Dan's favorite films? It's a pity he's not on, because he could talk to you about it in more details. I've never seen it, unfortunately, so carry on, Phil. Okay, so when, when Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi would perform concerts on stage, actually do musical concerts where mm. they would sing and, and play and dance, they always had a song where they would uh, turn to each other and become dance partners. Mm. And you'll see, the, you'll see them do this at the end of every of their matches. You'll see these two guys ah. dance together. Okay. All right. That's a wink. That's a wink back to the to the movies. Yeah. Ah, I did not did not get that. Perhaps that's, perhaps I need to add that to my uh, weekend watching list. I think maybe the the Blues Brothers films. Uh, Ross said that next week the TV title tournament will begin. Plus Eddie Gilbert will give away the portrait. Uh, plus Joel has another video about mid south injuries, which he feels will come out even better than the first. And that is it. The November thirtieth, nineteen eighty five episode of Mid South Wrestling is in the books. Um, certainly not as newsworthy as the prior two episodes, but a relatively easy watch. Uh, any final thoughts on this week's show? Oh, they, they all can't be great, or none of them would be great, right? So yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, this is this is. Good episode. We enjoyed it then. Enjoyed it now. That uh, um, you're doing a tremendous job with the podcast. Oh, thank you. We all I'm doing my best. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for coming on again. We'll, we'll certainly get together in uh, in the new year as well. Um, maybe even 
uh, as I say, it won't be UWF, will it? Because it's not till March. But yeah, we'll uh, certainly maybe try and get you around on that on that um, that episode, particularly when when Bill uh, announced it. Because I'm interested to hear what you thought about that at the time. Because obviously that's quite a big big change. But we'll save that for we'll save that for March. I'll uh, I'll tweet out where you are on Twitter and all, all that good stuff. Yeah, Phil, thank you very much for being on the show again. And uh, thank I really, really you. Appreciate, I appreciate it. it. It's always thank good to be chatting. Good so yeah, thanks. We'll speak to you all again very soon. Yeah, this is Eric Watts, and for all you phenomenal wrestling fans and fans of this podcast, please do me a favor. If you're looking at uh, more information about Mid-South Sports, Power Pro Wrestling, Universal Wrestling, go to universalwrestling.com and check out that website. It's a must-see.